what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. Because, brother, if you call me to your church, I'm going to call it out. I'm going to call it just as black as hell. I'm going to shell it down. But, brother James, you know when you preach like that, you run folks off. Well, have you ever thought about it? Maybe some people need to be run off. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. Have your Bibles, would you turn with me, please, to Second Chronicles chapter 30. The book of Second Chronicles, chapter 30. Beginning with the first word of the first verse. Actually, we're just going to deal with that one verse today. Second Chronicles 30 and verse 1. And Hezekiah sent to all Israel and Judah and wrote letters also to Ephraim and Manasseh that they should come to the house of the Lord at Jerusalem to keep the Passover unto the Lord God of Israel. And I want to continue with the message we started the week before last. Come to the house of the Lord. In the book of 1 Kings chapter 12, we read that Solomon died and in his stead reigned his son Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the grandson of David. And when he came to the throne of Israel, the Bible says that he forsook the counsel of the old men who stood with his father. These were men of great wisdom and knowledge. He forsook their counsel and instead took the counsel of the young men whom he had grew up with. The old men advised him to speak kindly to the people. If you will promise to be a servant to the people, then they will follow you. They will serve you. And they were right. But instead, he took the counsel and the advisement of the young men who said, Speak roughly to the people and place heavy burdens upon them. And that's what he did. And the end result was rebellion and a divided kingdom. Judah and Benjamin were the only two tribes that stayed with Rehoboam because Rehoboam was of the house of David. All the rest of Israel went their own way and they chose Jeroboam. To be their king. 
And Jeroboam, knowing that the time of the Passover would be coming around pretty soon, he knew that his people would cross the border and go down into the southern kingdom into Jerusalem where the temple of God was. He knew they would cross that border and they would celebrate the Passover as they should. But he also knew that this would create an opportunity for Rehoboam to try to take the kingdom back. So here's what he did. The Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 12, Julie, if you'll put it up on the screen, verse 28. The Bible says that he made two gold calves. And he told the people, it's too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. He made those two gold calves and said, these be thy gods which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. The Bible says he built a temple. If you'll look there in verse 31, 1 Kings 12, 31. He made a house of high places. In verse 32, the Bible says that Jeroboam ordained a feast in the eighth month. On the fifteenth day of the month, like unto the feast that is in Judah, very similar to the Passover. And he offered upon the altar, sacrificing to the calves that he had made. This is what Jeroboam did to stop the people from crossing the border from the northern kingdom into the southern kingdom. He did it to keep the people from turning away from him. And the average person, when you, when you look at what Jeroboam did, and you compare it to what true Judaism was, what God said in his word, when you compare the two, the average person doesn't see a difference. It has all the outward religious trappings of Judaism, of Christianity. But the whole thing was not of God. The whole thing was conjured up out of his own mind to keep the people from going away from him. Now I want you to think about that for just a minute. For 260 years, the people went according to this false way that looked like God. It sounded like God. The same terminology was being used, but there was just a little something off, and the average person couldn't put their finger on it. And for 260 years, the people had a form of godliness, but they died lost. There's nothing any worse than having a false sense of salvation.
You think you're saved. You think you're in a church that's going the right way. The right terminology is being used. But there's something off. And you buy into it. And you ultimately lose your way. And neighbor, it's no different today than it was back then. I heard the statistics yesterday. What, 45%? 45% of the American public is no longer going to church. You think of that. 45% of the American public no longer goes to church. And you say, Brother James, that's awful. That's terrible. Well, I'm going to shock some of you now. The most dangerous place that you can go is the church. Now, some of you are looking at me like a calf looking at a new gate. I can't believe the preacher said that. Some people would be better off staying at home than going to the church they're going to because what's being preached and taught does not line up with this Bible that I hold in my hands. The people end up having a form of godliness denying the power thereof. They think they're saved when they're really not saved. Jesus said it's better for a man to have never known the way than to know the way and depart from it. And you've got people today, you've got people going to church today, and they think because I've gone to church, because I shake the preacher's hand, because my name is on the roll, because I put a certain amount of money in the offering plate, I'm saved. Just because I got baptized, I'm saved. Because I sing in the choir, I'm saved. No, you're not. Unless you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior who died on Calvary's cross and you repent of your sin, you are not saved. And I'm going to say something else that's going to upset some people. That's fine. Churches are sending more people to hell than drugs, alcohol, or anything else that the devil out here in the world has to offer because they're not going according to the Word of Almighty God. The church can be a dangerous place if you don't know what to look for. They followed this false way for 260 years. They didn't know the difference. And the Bible says that God rejected them. 2 Kings 17 verse 20. God rejected all of Israel. Why did God reject them? God sent prophet after prophet to warn these people that what they were doing, the direction they were going in was wrong, but it was to no avail. They would not listen. They hardened their necks to God. They hardened their hearts. They would not listen. And God rejected them. Why? Well, there was many reasons why. But I'm going to tell you where they got off at, and this was the problem. 
they offered up another sacrifice that was not according to the Word of God. They were offering up a sacrifice that did not listen. He has an ear, let him hear. They were offering up a sacrifice that did not address sin. And they had a form of godliness. But they were denying the power thereof. A form of godliness. A sacrifice that did not address sin. The sacrifice that they were offering up was more to appease men than it was God. The whole idea of their sacrifice that they offered up was to draw a crowd. To keep the people from going away from him. This is what Jeroboam did out of his own heart, out of his own mind. And you got churches today that are doing things to try to draw a crowd. Could grace and mercy will do anything today to draw a crowd. The church is doing the exact same thing that Jeroboam did. Most of the messages that are preached today in the church is more of a man-centered gospel than it is a God-centered gospel. The gospel that is being preached, it ignores sin. Because when you address Sinful issues and subjects. It might offend somebody. And we don't want to offend anybody. And we don't want to talk about anything that's controversial. Because we want to draw a crowd. And we can't have preachers like Brother James to come and preach revival at our church. Because he'll say these things and people will get upset. It's just best to leave Brother James over there at Friendship and on the radio. You're right. You're right. Because, brother, if you call me to your church, I'm going to call it out. I'm going to call it just as black as hell. I'm going to shell it down. Well, brother James, you know when you preach like that, you run folks off. Well, have you ever thought about it? Maybe some people need to be run off. Oh, good grace and mercy. I know I done stepped in it. <laughs> uh, have you ever been walking through a cow pasture and all of a sudden you're smelling an alluring fragrance? And when you walk, your foot is slipping. I knew when I stepped on that particular subject right there, my foot slipped a little bit. I could tell by the look on your face, some of you, you smelled it. It went over like a fly in the punch bowl. Some people need to be run off. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we'll, we'll welcome anyone that comes here. We're going to make you feel welcome. But when it comes time to preach this book, you might feel a little bit uncomfortable. If I don't make you feel uncomfortable from time to time, I'm not doing my job. Okay? And there's some, not everybody that comes in that door or that door or that door... 
Not everyone that comes in the doors of this church is wanting to assimilate and become a Christian. There are some people that come in the doors of your church because they want to do something different in your church and they, they don't want to assimilate they, and be a Christian. They've got an agenda. See, they want to change some things. And there's some things in churches that need to change. But when it comes to the Word of God, you don't change God's Word, you don't change God's sacrifice, and you don't change the message that God has given in His Word. You don't change it. The mess, God's message has never changed. Man is a sinner, and man needs a Savior, and that Savior is Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. Let, let me help some of you listening by radio. Some of you listening to me by CD right now, by the internet. Listen to me. Lay the hammer down and listen to me a minute. If the church you're going to is not preaching against sin and giving you Jesus Christ and Him crucified as the answer to that sin, I don't know what they're giving you, but what they're giving you is not of any value, none whatsoever. And it's not going to do you any good. It's best for you to get out of that church because what's going to happen to you, sir, you're going to keep going to that church. You're going to lose your way. Because sin has to be addressed. When sin is ignored, God rejects it. And He rejected all of Israel. If the church ain't preaching the cross, if they're ignoring sin, I don't know what kind of gospel they're preaching. Well, yes, I do too. They're preaching another gospel. Paul talked about another gospel. 2 Corinthians eleven four. Julie, put it up on the screen. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 4. If he that cometh preaches another Jesus, another Jesus, notice the terminology, another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit which you have not received, or another gospel, again, notice the terminology, another gospel which you have not accepted, you might well bear with him. That would have been better translated. You might well stand up against him. But it's hard to get churches to stand up against anything today. There was a time when, when, when the preacher would stand behind the pulpit and preach against sin, they'd preach against smoking, preach against drinking, preach against adultery, preach against homosexuality, preach against pornography, preach against going and getting one of them scratch-off tickets at the store. There was a time when there were certain things that were wrong and the preacher would preach about the good grace and mercy. It's hard to find anything seeing anymore. People don't want to hear it. It doesn't draw a crowd. I couldn't care less whether it draws a crowd or not. The Word of God, it is what it is. It's a two-edged sword. It cuts both ways. It's either going to draw them in or push them away. I can't help that. 
There are some things in this book that are absolutely right, and there are some things in this book that's absolutely wrong. And you cannot preach the gospel and not address sin. You can't do it. If you do, you're preaching another gospel propagated by another spirit. And it's not the Holy Spirit. It's a demon spirit. But the Bible says in the last days they would depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And you go to that church you're going to and they talk about Jesus. They talk about Him dying on the cross. They talk about how much He loved the world. But they ignore seeing all together. It's like going to the store and buying a tube of Preparation H and brushing your teeth with it. It ain't going to solve your problem. And the cross of Christ, if it is not applied to the sin in your life, it's not going to do you any good. We're using Christ and the cross to get rich. We're using Christ and the cross to try to try to bring people in by some other way, but you can't do it. There's two sides to it. You cannot ignore sin. And Jeroboam, he literally drove the people away from God. 2 Kings 17, verse 21. Julie, put it up on the screen. 2 Kings 17, 21. He literally drove the people away from God. How many churches today are driving people away rather than drawing them into the right way? Are you hearing me? He made them to sin a great sin. Without the proper leadership, ladies and gentlemen, all is lost. Let me say that again. Without the proper leadership, all is lost. And if, that, if what I've just said is true, where does that leave America at today? Good gracious, we, we, we ain't got no leadership in our country now. The leadership so-called that we have in our country now is driving us further and further away from God. It's not drawing us to God. Are you listening? Verse 22, 2 Kings 17. For the children of Israel walked in all the sins of Jeroboam which he did, and they departed not from them until the Lord removed Israel out of his sight as he had said by all his servants, the prophets. God gave them fair warning, but it was to no avail. The Bible says that Israel was carried away out of their own land to Assyria unto this day. They were carried away by their enemies. 
America's biggest enemy today is socialism and communism. And we're watching now as our country is literally being taken away from us. Going after this foolishness. It's happening. Why is it happening? Because we've departed from the cross of Christ. We have refused as a church to preach against sin. Someone said a long time ago, the way the preacher goes, so goes the church. The way the church goes, so goes the nation. And the way the nation of America goes, so goes the rest of the world. God help this world. There's only one answer for it. And that's the coming of Jesus Christ. I'm not finished with this message. I'm going to pick it up again next week. So come back to the house of the Lord. And the church that you're going to, those of you listening by radio, I don't mean to be unkind. I don't mean to be ugly. But if you're going to a church that does not address sin and lift up Jesus Christ and Him crucified as the answer to that sin problem for salvation and sanctification, how we live for God on a daily basis, you're going to a church that's preaching something that is of no benefit to you. And you very well could lose your way. You need to think about that. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4200. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252-299-4234. This program is an outreach ministry of friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.